Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. So he says in verse 5, Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I, I told you these things? So Paul's saying, look, you know, whoever told you that the rapture happened and you're in the tribulation, it hasn't happened because all this stuff's going to happen. There's going to be this falling away. There's going to be this Antichrist, this son of sin, son of perdition, is going to come and exalt himself in the temple. And so what Paul's saying to them is like, none of that stuff has happened. And so you know that you're not in the tribulation because that stuff has to happen first. And just a point there is that right after Jesus, almost by the time right after the time of Jesus and Paul, at 70 AD, you know, Jesus was crucified around 32 AD or so. And so at 70 AD, just 40 years later, the temple was wiped out. So no one could go into the temple and say, worship me as God, because there has been no temple and there still is no temple. So this couldn't have happened yet. There was a little window there from the time that the apostle Paul wrote this till Jerusalem was wiped out of about 30 years. Now there's been no temple, still no temple, so the temple has to be rebuilt. And if you go online and you can Google it, and you can check out the Jews rebuilding their temple, and they're ready to go. They got all the stuff, they got all the instruments, they got the priests ready to go, they got the garments, they got the the instruments in the temple. They're ready, but the reason it can't happen is that the Muslims will say, look, if you start to build a temple, we're going to go off on you and go crazy and riots start. And so uh, anyway, so verse 5, he says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of the lawless is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now, I think here in verse 7, when he speaks about he who restrains evil in this world, and I believe it's speaking of the presence of God in the church, that when you think about the world, what is it that is holding the world back from really going off the deep end? What is it that's stopping And I don't know if you guys get out and about much, but if you go out around the world, you go to Russia, you go to China, you go to India, those people, they're not Christian nations. They don't believe in God, and they got issues there. But you think in our country, which is probably the largest Christian nation in the world, what do you think stopping everybody from just really going crazy? Well, I think, who's the one standing up and saying to the government, hey, we don't want you to do those wicked things. We don't want that to happen. We don't want that to happen. Well, it's the church. And I believe that he's speaking about the presence of God in the church. And what he's saying is, when he who restrains will be taken out, I believe it's speaking about the rapture of the church occurs, when that occurs, that God's presence will be taken out of this world, and the world will have what some people think they want. And that is a world where there is unrestrained evil. Now, I can't imagine what that would be like. Before I was a Christian, I hung around some people who were unrestrained people, and they were scary. I mean, I was an atheist and a non-Christian, and I partied and did things I shouldn't do, and these people scared me. I mean, it was like, you just scared of them. Now, I can't imagine a whole world full of unrestrained evil people, but that's what the world's going to be like. It's going to be like, whoa. So he's saying that which restrained is going to be taken out. I think he's speaking of the rapture. And then he says, and then, so after the rapture, then the lawless one will be revealed. And so when the church is taken out, 
then the Antichrist comes on the scene and he's going to be able to do whatever he wants because the world is already primed for it. You know, if the Antichrist comes on the scene and says, hey, look, we all believe the same thing. All paths lead to heaven. Didn't you guys hear that Led Zeppelin song in the 60s? Stairway to heaven? Like all paths lead to heaven. You know, it's like we all believe the same thing. Muslims, Hindus, Christians, Catholics, Mormons, we're all the same. Yeah. And the Bible says there's going to be this one world religion and everybody's going to get on the same page. But why does that not happen now? Because the Christians say, hey, we don't believe the same thing. Our Jesus is not the same as your Jesus. And our Bible is not the same as your Bible. And what the Muslims believe or what the Hindus believe, Christians who read their Bible say, look, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. So the Christians who believe the Bible say, look, Jesus is the only way to heaven. And they're like, whoa, you radicals. And now Christians who are sort of a traditional definition of Christians are kind of labeled as radicals. Like if you believe the Bible and you believe the Bible to be true, you're considered a radical. <laughs> it's like, when I look at you, I don't think radical. <laughs> I had friends I thought were radical, you know I mean? Uh, you know, and that's just the way the world is. So he goes on to say in verse eight, he says, and then the lawless one who will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So now he's speaking about the lawless one's going to come. He's going to go into the temple, the abomination of desolation, three and a half years of tribulation. Then Jesus is going to come back. And he says, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. So he tells us what it's going to be like when this Antichrist comes on the scene, that he's going to have power and he's going to do signs and he's going to be able to do wonders that deceive people. And so the Antichrist is going to take power and he's going to have this satanic power, very powerful person, going to be able to do miracles. And you know what's scary is that sometimes people think that any miracle is from God, but the Bible tells us that not all miracles are from God and that miracles are aren't necessarily something that's going to produce faith in God and produce obedience in seeking and following the Lord. And, you know, even now, I was just watching a video on YouTube the other day, a very popular church in America, and uh, I was watching the pastor, and, and I was kind of thinking, well, you know, they probably got some things, not that big a deal. And I'm watching this pastor, and he's like, yeah, and, and some friends and I were on this plane, and I was talking to this guy about Jesus, and gold dust started coming down out of the air, in the airplane, falling on us. I'm like, gold dust? Really? Like nobody else in the plane saw it? No one from NBC or CNN or nobody thought that was strange? Gold dust? I mean, if I was sitting behind you, I'd be like, whoa! I'd be pulling a blanket down, put it over your head and like scooping it all up. Be like, whoa! And then, you know, and they just got these stories about these miracles and these signs. And it's like, and how is it? And then like, oh yeah, and everybody knows about it. I'm like, nobody knows about it. <laughs> it's like, anyway, so the point is, is that miracles don't produce faith necessarily. And it's important for every Christian to understand that not everything that is supernatural is godly. Our culture's obsessed with the supernatural of the wicked. There's all these TV shows. In fact, I think there's a TV show called Supernatural about vampires. And there's all these vampire shows and shows about people being demon-possessed. And you just think about even God's people. Remember, there was a group of people. They saw great miracles. They saw the Red Sea get parted. They saw the sea collapse and wipe out Pharaoh's army. God gave them supernatural food every day. They had a, a fiery pillar at night to guide them and a cloud to guide them by day. And what happened with those folks? Anybody remember? They, I mean, they saw more miracles than anybody I can think of. And guess what happened? They did not enter the promised land. Why? Because of their unbelief. 
So miracles didn't make them like, whoa, right on for Jesus, you know, all on for God. I mean, and so, so miracles don't necessarily produce faith. And, and really the Bible teaches us that the demonic world can do miracles as well. I don't know if you've ever seen weird demonic things where even where they have people, healers, who are demonic healers and people who have tumors and they like do weird things and take it out of them and it's like, woo, it's just really weird and creepy. Uh, you know, here Paul is saying that when the lawless one comes, Satan, he says there in verse 9, that Satan will come with power and signs and lying wonders. Satan is going to be able to deceive people who want to be deceived. Now, the thing is, is that the Bible tells us that your faith comes and grows by what? Not by miracles, but by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so for me, I want to have strong faith. I don't want to be deceived. And so when I think about that you could be deceived by following miracles, when I see some Christian churches or Christian people talking about these supernatural things that happen, I mean, I think that would be awesome. I mean, I would love it. And I would go there. If I really believed that gold dust was coming out of the sky, I'd buy a couple of those orange five-gallon buckets from Home Depot. Five bucks, I'd be down there. Like, come on, I bring the gold dust. But, you know, I watch it and I realize it's just deceptive. I mean, it's just, it's, it can't be real. I mean, everybody would be scooping up buckets of it. But here he's saying that Satan is going to deceive people. And so he says in verse 10, And with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish, because why? Why are they going to be deceived? Because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. So, who's going to be deceived by the Antichrist? It says right there in verse 10, those who did not receive the love of the truth. Those who don't love the truth. See, if someone doesn't love the truth now, when things are good, well then when things get crazy, they're going to be deceived because they don't love the truth. And you say, well, Pastor Bob, what do you mean they don't love the truth? Well, in John 14, 6, Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's a pretty bold statement. No one and in the Greek, no one means no one, comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is saying there's only one way to heaven, and that's through me. That's through him dying on the cross. Jesus told Nicodemus, the only way you can be saved is by faith in Christ. You must be born again. And so in John 14, 6, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus is saying, hey, truth, I am the way and the truth, the life. The only way to be saved is through me. Now, what he's saying in verse 10 is that there are people who don't want the truth of Jesus. There are people who don't want to hear what Jesus said about sin. There are people who want to live in their sin. In fact, Jesus said the reason that people reject God is because they love darkness and they love to do wicked things. And so there are those group of people and they don't want to know the truth. And so they're going to be deceived. Now, even in our culture, we have songs on the radio like, that say things like, tell me lies. And I don't know exactly how they go. I don't really listen to the secularists. I don't know what, uh, the whole words. But I know there's, there's a couple songs on the radio about telling me lies. And it's like, see, some people don't want to know the truth. They want to be deceived. And for me, though, I think as a child of God, if Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and life, then I want to know the truth. I want to know Jesus. See, I either believe that Jesus is the Messiah or I don't. And I do believe because, not because I just one day got up and thought, oh, I feel this burning in my heart. Jesus is the Messiah. No, I was an atheist. I read the Bible, and I looked at prophecy, and I looked at archaeology, and I looked at the evidence of the scriptures and history, and the Smithsonian says that, hey, everything in the Bible, archaeologists have found that to be true. There's nothing that has been proven wrong in the scriptures, not historically, not prophetically, not archaeologically. And so when Jesus says he's the truth, I believe he's the truth. Why? Because he came, he rose again. A non-Christian historian wrote about Jesus rising again from the dead. You can read Josephus, and you just look at all the evidence and all the facts. And so here's the thing. I want to know the truth. And 
I want to know what God wants me to know about the truth. And why? Because I don't want to be deceived. See, I was already deceived once before I was a Christian, and I lived in deception because I deceived myself into telling myself, well, I'm God, and I make the rules, and it's going to be an awesome life. But really, anybody who's ever, how many of you tried to be God? It's, it's terrible. I mean, it doesn't work out very well because most of you are not that smart. I mean, and to take the role of God, it's like, it doesn't work out. And so I thought I was God. I was an atheist. Hey, there's no God. I'm God. Hey, terrible life. But I have come to the reality through study and through God revealing himself to me that Jesus is the Messiah and that he is the truth. And when I seek him and I live my life the way he said life should be lived, I experience peace and love and joy and life is good. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will.